You're listening to the Clon Bikecast, your one-stop shop for all things Clonacilty Bicycle Festival and beyond. I'm Alison Roberts, and this week I'm speaking with Clara Clark, Dublin-based cycle advocate who is passionate about um, access to cycling for all ages. She's the founder of Cycling Without Age in Ireland, the trishaws that are used to take people who can't access cycling otherwise out to socialise and see the world. We also talk about back to school and getting kids ready to get back on their bikes. And this week, from the 15th to the 29th of August, there'll be nationwide back to school promotions encouraging kids to try out their cycle routes. Check out cyclist.ie slash school for more information and to register your team in our competition. Clara Clark, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today. Um, so just to start off, I always ask um, the people that I speak to what your earliest memory is of cycling and where you started cycling. Oh my goodness, I had a trike when I was very small and I had a scooter and it was, I loved cycling. And in my teenage years, my early teens, I had a very interesting thing. It was a Czechoslovakian bike and it had no, it had um, backpedal brakes. So there were no brakes on the handlebars. Now, that meant that my friends could sit on the handlebars and we could ride around together um, because the handlebars were just bars. There was no bells and there was no lights and there was no brakes. So was, what age were you taking friends on your handlebars? Um, probably 14, 15, that kind of oh, age. Yeah, okay. Still with back brakes at 14. Yeah. Yeah. But they were they were complete novelty. And I grew up in Greystones in County Wicklow and it was quite safe. I mean, we could walk the roads in our bare feet. It sounds like the Middle Ages. It was actually the, the 1960s, but it was safe. And it was, I just love cycling. And then sort of things like marriage and kids and work got in the way. And then um, much more recently, oh, about 20 years ago, my husband and I bought each other bikes for Christmas and we gave up swimming. We were both working away from home at the time we were doing a lot of commuting and we were doing a lot of swimming but we thought oh instead of the drive to the swim after work if we had bikes it would be much more nice to cycle to things and slowly we got uh, involved in just just cycling to things just for pleasure and relaxation and fast forwarding then I've been self-employed for 25 years but about four years ago I read in the Irish Times a very tiny two-line strip that mentioned the words cycling without age and I thought, what's that? So I looked it up and it turned out to be uh, an organisation founded in 2012 in Denmark. And it was a specially designed tri-shaw bicycle to take residents in care homes out for free, slow cycling spins. And I said, can you be in Ireland? And he said, let's talk. So we did. Long story short, I brought, my husband and I bought a trike, a, a, a tri-shaw, and we brought it to Ireland. And... You bought the Trishaw. Yeah. The first cycling without age Trishaw in Ireland. Yes. Because because my husband said, nobody's ever going to understand what you t- mean by a Trishaw. They don't know what you're talking about. And we didn't want to be associated with the rickshaws yeah. in Grafton Street for the reasons that we know we won't go into. So he said, let's buy one. So out of after-tax pension income, we bought a Trishaw four years ago and I thought well look if it doesn't work it doesn't work we can sell it or we can give it to a nursing home or some bloody thing we'll find some use for it somebody will use it and I started to tell stories and I started to tell stories to the media 
and they started to get interested and started to inquire how things were going and what it was all about. And so we did a launch in June 2017 in the People's Park in Dunleary. And I just let people know that that's what was going to happen. And RTE filmed us. And they filmed us about a week beforehand. And I said, you can film us on, this was for Nationwide and for the news. And I said, you can do it on condition that you hold it in the can till the date. So Morning Ireland on the 13th of June, 2017, started off with, and Cycling Without Age comes to Ireland. And then we were on the 6-1 news, we were on Nationwide. And suddenly people were ringing saying, can I buy a bike? How do I sponsor a bike? Can I be a pilot? Where do you get one of those bikes? And the store, I was interviewed by every radio station and every newspaper and people traveled from all over to be there at the launch. And I just started and I'm a volunteer and I don't get paid and I don't want to get paid. That's fine. But I want nursing homes and care homes to get bikes because everybody's entitled to have fun. And just because you're old or you're in a nursing home or you're disabled or you're blind or you have dementia doesn't mean you can't have fun. And cycling without age does that. So the website is cyclingwithoutage.ie and we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook and it's just so much and we've gone from having just our bike in June 2017 to 31 bikes spread all over Ireland. Clonakilty was actually one of the first to get the, 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 the actual bikes and now you've got two, isn't that right? No, we're, I think we were number two. Jack was devastated when he found out yours got in first. Okay, but yeah, but you were the first bike of, in terms of, I mean, ours is a demo bike. So you were the first bike in the field. We'll take that. And we'll take that. and then I got a call very early on because the other bike was uh, Canada Life Reinsurance phoned me and said, we want to sponsor a bike and we want to send our staff as part of our CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility Programme. And I thought... Never thought of that. And even though cycling at that age is in many countries worldwide, I mean, it's over 40 now, it was 28 at the time we set up. Nobody was doing corporate sponsorship, weirdly. They were fundraising. But nobody done corporate. And I thought, well, I used to be a professional fundraiser. It's a horrible job. If somebody corporate can come in and say, here's the money, let's go. That's much better from my point of view and speedier. So just to go back, I'm interested again, because we had the same experience here with Jack. Like one day, all of a sudden he came in and he had this fire in his belly. <laughs> and I don't know, was it the exact same article you read? But why, you know, there's so many things that can inspire you in life. Why do you think that grabbed your attention so much? Oh. That you actually went out. I mean, they're not cheap either. You actually went and went to all the effort of bringing one to Ireland. Yeah, because I believe that. People are entitled to cycle and have fun. And just because you lose the ability to do it yourself doesn't mean... You, and I've seen people... I'm sorry, but people challenge me on this. People sit in chairs in nursing homes looking at walls. That's not living. I'm sorry. I would prefer to be dead than doing that. I want to be out and moving. I don't care how old yes. or decrepit or disabled or even if I'm blind or have dementia. You've got to stimulate. And there are, there are results from this. We're now doing research into the psychological yes. and physical response to cycling without age specifically. I've taken out people with dementia and I don't know anything about them. I haven't been told they have it. I have just been told their first name and in I sit them in the bike and I take them for a spin. And while they're on the bike, they're asking questions, they're pointing at things, they're chatting away. And when I bring them back and I say, well, they'll be able to tell the others. And the care home says they won't remember anything. Wow. 
And I have proven that that's true because I took a lady out and I gave her a ride and she told me all about where she used to work and where she lived and why she was here now and all the rest of it. And an hour later, the care worker came, like I dropped her back and the care worker came by with her about an hour later and he said, I think Maria would like a ride. And I looked at him and I looked at her and I said, she's already been. And he said, she won't remember that. And I said, Maria, would you like a ride? I'd love a ride, she said. And off we went again. So, and I mean, we could talk about this for quite a while, but one thing that we, a stumbling block that we have in Clonahilty is, um, you know, some of the hospitals and care homes, there's, they, you know, insurance, basically. It's a lot of things that stop a lot of cycling. Um, they're not prepared to take the risk of putting people with any physical disability, especially onto a, a bike, even though, like we know ourselves, they're very safe. You're strapped in. There's a special way of getting on and off. The pilots are trained to, to draw it, to, to cycle properly. They don't go fast. Um, but I suppose you must've had a few hurdles with that, or do you have a very supportive care home that you already were involved with? No, I don't take people out normally. That's something to explain. I have a demo bike. So when I was taking out people, it was as a demo. I was showing them to the care home at the care home's request. I was invited in. Normally, I don't take people out. Um, all the bikes that are in the field are insured by the care homes or the communities that they're in. They've all figured out how to get insurance. We've got several community-based bikes. We've two in Drogheda and we've two in Clontarf. And they are all managing somehow or another through various means to get their insurance cover for their bikes. Now, because I'm a volunteer and because this thing's growing like Topsy, uh, I cannot micromanage. So once you get your bike and you've worked out where to store it and who your pilots are and who's going to pilot train and where it's going to be operated from, I let you actually figure out the logistics yourself. And there's too yeah, many I mean, now for me to, to micro. Absolutely. And I mean, head, the head office cyclists, um, cycling without age in Copenhagen are also quite good for people like us, our, our group to ask questions. Because like we have insurance, but our one of our stumbling blocks is making sure that we have access to the people because often they're not comfortable letting us take them out, even though, you know, even though we're insured. Yeah. It's just a, a fear factor. So it's education. It's like everything else. But it's the most beautiful. You're absolutely right. Like I've had the best time ever taking people out. Yeah. yeah. Just because, I mean, I love air. And, and, and in our, it's the same in our local hospital. It's one and a half kilometers outside of town. And there's people in there that have lived in Clonakilty their entire lives. And then they haven't been back in five years because they've been in the care home. And that's just not, that's not on. And the bike allows you to do that and in an open air way. And what Jack always says to the pilots is this is a social ride. So if they want to stop and chat, yeah. you pull oh, in yeah. and you do a stop and chat. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. the key rules are we never go more than 10k, 10 kilometers an hour. It's a social thing. We're not rushing to the bank or the shops or work or anything. We're not in a hurry. We stop in the park. We chat. We talk to people with dogs and children and watch the tennis or the playground or all of those things because it's the experience. And people say, oh, well, that's fine. You know, you could be in suburbia or you could be in the country. But we have a city center bike in, the, in South Circular Road in Dublin. And I thought, where are they going to go? Well, they go on the canal way. The Grand Canal cycle route is good. But actually, what they've discovered is that a lot of the people in the home have degrees of dementia. And where um, uh, Aoife, are, she's wonderful. She's the occupational therapist and she manages the whole thing. She takes them down the little streets in the Liberties where they used to live. 
It's a community hospital. So they all come from that area. And when she takes them down, they go, that was my school. That's where Mary used to live. I used to play with Bridget from that house. And suddenly all these memories are being triggered coming back in. And she said it's quite magical to watch people who otherwise don't engage socially with you. And the memories start to, 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 to come firing in. I call them butterfly bikes because they're, they transform when they're on them. You're listening to the Clon Bikecast, your one-stop shop for all things Clonakilty Bike Festival and beyond. Today, Alison's talking to Clara Clark, the founder of Cycling Without Age in Ireland, about the importance of access to cycling for all ages. Remember to check out cyclist.ie slash school for what's happening this week with our back-to-school cycles. Now on with the interview. Well done. It's amazing work that you're doing. It's really beautiful. And it's, it has it is spreading like wildfire. Um, so if anybody's listening, look out for your local trishaw. Um, and you can train to be a pilot. You can, I, I, the cycling, you've already said the website, and I, I know most of our community groups, but cyclist.ie is also a place you can find out where um, your local um your local chapter might be, but is is it on? They're um, all on. They should website? all be. There's a map on the cyclingwithage.ie website. There is a map of Ireland, and it has all the current locations on it. Um, so if you click on the map on the particular little blue bike symbol that's on the map, it should give a name and an email address of the the person operating that bike. It's hard to yeah, keep. Yeah. It's hard to keep that up to date at the moment because on top of everything else. And all the social media that I do, I have to edit the website. So I have to try and go back in. And sometimes they buy bikes without telling me. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, Drogheda got a second bike there recently. And I said, you never told me. And the Lions Club sponsored that bike. We've got ours running like a, a library book. So basically, if you're listening and you're near Clonic Hilton, you have a loved one in a care home or somebody who's, you know, has a physical disability that doesn't allow them to cycle, you can train up as a pilot and then you can check it out like a library book, essentially for free and take your loved one out. And then bring it back again to us. So it's like a community service that's just there, waiting to be used, really. So the Clontarf bike, the two bikes in Clontarf in Dublin are both like that. They're community based, and they use a Google bookings, a Google document booking system. Yeah, it's a resource that's out there, waiting to be used. Um, so just on that, I thought you might want to tell us an adventure story about one of your cycling without age trips um a, a, a standout memory that you might have of trishaws okay well once the bikes come to ireland i don't generally see them again unless i get invited to a launch which i have done in in various places but the first year we um in 2017 we decided we'd attend the first ever summit uh, of cycling with age and it was held in copenhagen because that's where the whole, whole idea started from and i thought be nice to meet some people and see how they're doing in other places and some of them are more established than we were so my husband and I went along and then one of the days we went way up north uh, in a bus to the north of Denmark and we took out I think it was 15 or 20 trishaws each with two passengers and we did a 40 kilometer cycle including a picnic with some very frail and very elderly people and some of them were blind 
And we cycled and we cycled and we cycled. And I tell you, I was one of the pilots and the battery ran out on my bike about 12 kilometers back on the way back. And don't tell me Denmark's flat because I discovered a lot of little hills that went up and down and up and down and up and down. They were a nightmare to cycle back, but that was exciting. And then last year, we uh, Cycling with LH Scotland had a summit and we went along to that. And we took 20 trishaws out, again, each with two passengers. Scotland Cycling with Age is set up differently. It's got government funding and they manage the bikes centrally. So they were able to call on 20 bikes and get them going from one point, which I will not, cannot do because everybody has their own in Ireland. Um, I can't manage it like that. But we took them up and it, from Falkirk and the canals in Scotland, the Irish government, please listen. The canals in Scotland have a policy of not putting barriers or gates on them to make them accessible for cycling for all ages and abilities. So we were able to cycle about 20 kilometres up along canal paths and we went up to Falkirk Wheel and we had a lunch up there and then we came back. And it was just magical. And there's fo- I can, you know, I have photographs of a, cor- a corridor of trishaws with passengers wheeling down along uh, by, along by the canal in, in Falkirk. And it's magical to take part in something like that. Now, I'm hoping, my plan is that every town in Ireland should have a trishaw. And even if it's to be shared amongst the care homes in each town, but that eventually we could get just, what I want is a consensus eventually that people say, well, I am only going to put my granny or my mother into a care home that has a trishaw, please. Yes. Because I wanted to be able to get out. Yes, and I want the facility. I want that as a f- that is a facility that people know about and ask for and actively. ask for. And I now yeah. I'm going to choose my care home for my relative based on the fact of have they got a trishaw or not? Because if they're not, then they're not in the in my choice list. That's my that's my goal. That's an excellent goal. I like that one. So maybe um, just moving on to some younger people. Um, and on to schools. So this week, starting on Saturday, um, there is a national push alongside lots of other great, exciting things that are happening around the country, but a national push from cyclist.ie called Get to School on Your Own Fuel. And you are um, one of the people behind that. And I was just wondering if you could tell our listeners where that idea sprung from and what, what is the plan for the two weeks. Okay, the idea sprang from the fact that I'm one of two cycling representatives on the Dunleary Cycle Forum and the Dunleary uh, Rathdown County Council Cycle Forum. And they asked, what were we doing for National Bike Week? And we realised that we can't do a normal sort of promotion for Bike Week. And we, my, my, my cycling colleague, Oshin, and I said, okay, can we do something? And I said, I want, I have noticed the children, the parks are full of children cycling all summer. Kids of all ages out cycling. Interestingly, a lot of teenagers and particularly even teenage girls. And I said, I would love to see the kids cycle to school. And instead of getting back into the car with the mummies and daddies come September for school, would we? how can we get them to cycle to school? So, Oshie and my colleague put it together, a sort of a document encapsulating that idea, if you like. And um, then we have a committee, as you know, which uh, represents people from the cycling groups around the country. And so we've come up with different ideas. So then I wrote a press release which would 
again, just hit the right messages because I come from a fundraising and an event management background. And so I thought, right, we need to have a structure on this. And the plan is that for two weeks in August, from the 15th to the 29th, school children and their parents can practice finding the safest, quickest off-road routes to school, away from heavy traffic. And they can practice, practice, practice as many times as they like, as often as they like, any day they like. It's not an organised thing in that sense. It's not going to be a school bus. If you want it to be a school bus, it can be, but it doesn't need to be. It can be a series of parents, either jointly or separately, finding out how to cycle with your kids or scoot or skate to school and find the routes. And we need backup in two ways for that. We need the schools to provide secure bicycle parking. But I've been told that if you approach the council, they will provide um, bike racks, Sheffield stands, but you have to ask for them. So schools can ask for bike parking and they will get it. The other thing we want is the local authorities to take account of kids cycling to school and putting in safe cycling infrastructure. Now, I know that Delirious Down is leading the way in the country on putting in off-road cycle facilities. As we speak, three of our local roads are getting cycle lanes started this week. Um, the cones have gone up and the, the machines are in scraping the surfaces literally as we speak. I'm going to go and look at them later. Both of two very close to me, two roads that I use daily. Um, we need to call on all the councils to copy what DLR are doing. If they can do it here, they can do it there. That's the yeah. thing. The other thing we want the councils to look at is reducing speed limits to 30 kilometres per hour, especially around schools. That may take some legislation. I don't know, but do whatever it takes. We've managed through COVID to do all kinds of things that were not possible. For 20 years, it was not possible to do them. And we now want to... Thanks, that's Charles Malk. <laughs> um, we now want to get the councils to implement 30 kilometres cycling uh, in all built-up areas. But especially, and even if they only did it around schools in each town and each area, it would be a start. Um, so get now, your kids how do you, to... How do you think we can um, get the local area engineers and planners to learn from each other is well I, think, I i mean it, a lot of it comes down to your your local engineer and the confidence and one thing that we've noticed is we don't our local engineer doesn't have any experience with basically pedestrian or cycling infrastructure and is very nervous to to put stuff in so i would call on the local cycling groups and that could be you i've done it here myself personally and it has worked yesterday i spent two hours with the look of Daniri Rathdown cycling through three nearby parks and I had already done a reconnaissance trip and taken photographs of every single barrier the, the kissing gates and the Z bikes Z things yeah. and all the different forms and they were amazing numbers of them and I said I have them also today we're just doing the cycle and I'm going to point them out but I've already got the photographs and I'm going to send them on to you so I'm sharing and I've also met the director of infrastructure for Dunleary Council and taken him out on the tri-show and showed him my husband's trike. He's got an adult trike and said, look, cycling for all ages and abilities. We need the infrastructure. You've got to go to the top. You've got to sit down with them. You've got to take them out on a bike. So physically just make an appointment and say, I will meet you. I want you to cycle with me to the school, to the park, 
to wherever, show them the barriers, show them the danger points and say, please, can something be done? And you get people to lobby and, and write and support what you're trying to do. There's a lot of cycling campaigns now in each of the counties. Um, I'm intrigued just how many there are groups. And you've noticed that, Alison, from Zoom, where, you know, we can now appear from Sligo, Leitrim, Minute, Cork, Waterford, Wexford. Suddenly everybody's on a call and they're all part of groups. They've got clout. They can lobby their local councillors and they can ask to meet the engineers and you just have to do it. Yeah. You're an inspiration, Clara. <laughs> no, I'm just bloody work. determined. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. We'll take it. That's so great. It's great for cycling in Ireland because, I, I mean, it, it has to start somewhere and, and it's so brilliant that it's happening near you guys there and hopefully that'll mean you'll just see a massive surge in kids cycling to school come September um, and that's the biggest issue everywhere is is kids feeling safe um, the other part another part of the the get to school on your own fuel is um, the national scavenger hunt so part of this is if you want to do it as um, in in to try to win a prize and get a bit of uh, competition and motivation we have a link on the cyclist.ie slash school you can go to to find out all the information for the get to school on your own fuel week, um, week. but there's that there's a link there to the uh, basically a scorecard so you can do things with your kids or um, teenagers together can get together and draw their route map and write to their local counselor asking for better infrastructure and practice their route um, and share with us and tell us how they're getting on and then um, you're in to kind of win a prize of bike related goodies there too so we're just I suppose nationally now it's a a big push just to get people thinking about cycling to school and looking at their routes and looking what's around them and seeing the best way for them to get there um, for September because it would be great to see what was happening over COVID continue more kids on bikes more kids happy feeling getting to school arriving feeling energized and excited um, and empowered peer pressure works I discovered this years ago through fundraising. But now what I want is peer pressure from the kids. I want the kids who've been cycling all summer to say, no, I don't want to get in the car. I want to cycle. Joey next door or Daisy down the road is cycling. I want to cycle to school. And get them to put the pressure on and the parents to say, well, we've got to find out how to do this. And is it safe to park the bike and all of this stuff? So it's joining the dots and I think the peer pressure can come. I hope the kids will, will be revolting. I love revolting kids. So I want them to demand, no, we've been cycling all summer. Can we, we, we now have the bikes. The bike shops have sold out of bikes. Ireland has just been absolutely mega for bike selling. So get the bikes repaired, make sure they're working, you know, get them bike ready, get them school ready. Sort out the clothes, sort out, you know, tell the schools the kids can cycle in their sports gear if the skirt is not right or the trousers are not right for cycling. Um, like things, we don't have to do the same thing we always did. You know, yeah. it's time for a change. And I call this COVID bounty. Yeah. I think this there are opportunities. I'm doing it when I'm mentoring people and helping them with their businesses. It's the same with cycling. Things can change. Over, we were told for 12 years we couldn't have the Liffey cycle. What do we get? Overnight, we got the Liffey cycle. For 20 years, I've been lobbying for the S2S, the Sutton to Sandy Cove around Dublin Bay route. Told we couldn't have it. Overnight, what do we get? Half it's been built from Seapoint Avenue to, to 40 foot in, in Dunleary. And now Dublin City feel they can't be outshined. So they are going to put stuff in there. So, you know, so it can happen. Just 
ask yes. for it and don't take no. I have never found the word no to be helpful. Well, I'm, I mean, you've answered my last question, which is basically as, as an advocate, what gives you hope? And it sounds like you've said it there, just all the change after COVID, seeing that change can happen quickly. Um, and then, I mean, it, your your passion for getting our most vulnerable uh, citizens, our road users, the youngest and the, the people who are less abled, less able body to be on bikes, getting them out and getting them fresh air. Um, and you're doing amazing work. So it just a huge thank you for all the work that you've been doing um, as a volunteer in cycling in Ireland. And you're an inspiration to me, Clara. Um, so I look forward to working with you more in the future. Um, thank you so thank much. You. Well, I, it's, it's support from people like you that makes me want to continue to do it because I just get so much good positive feedback and you know Clonakilty has been massively supportive and the cyclist.ie and all the cycle campaigns have been I just feel I'm held up by the support that I get and that's really motivating as well so you know we can't all do it on our own so with support this can this can happen. Absolutely. And Damien said to me once, it's the fun and the friendships actually that keep you doing advocacy work too. It's not all serious and it's getting together and finding people who are kind of a little bit crazy like you going like, yeah, I'm really into this too. Should we do? And Zoom is actually amazing for me because I'm actually for the first time, I'm not feeling like I'm in my own little bubble in West Cork doing cycle advocacy. We're networking and it's growing and it's bubbling. And I think that's another COVID bounty. Absolutely. And also, have you noticed that at our meetings, we now have massive meetings whereas you know if you had a Dublin cycle campaign meeting you'd be lucky if you got 10 or 15 people now you can have 50 people because they've logged in from all over Ireland you've been listening to the Clon Bikecast a massive thanks this week for, to Clara Clark she's an absolute inspiration and I really enjoyed this interview huge thanks to my partner Justin Grounds who does all the production and the music be sure to check out cyclist.ie slash school for our back to school promotion called Get to School on Your Own Fuel. There are nationwide promotions run by local community groups, as well as a national competition involving creating your own cycle route, taking photos of improvements that you need in your area, and enjoying cycling with your friends.